everybody, this is the Keen Atomic Podcast. Um, I am your co-host uh, Nick, and joining me today, as always, is my co-host Danny. Hello. Um, today, um, this is a kind of episode zero, if you were. Um, we are. This is kind of like a a, a precursor to what's going to come up next. Um, so today uh, we're doing something different. We're going to talk about three films that have come out in the last couple of months um just to see get everybody's opinion on on um how we're sounding and basically yeah basically how we're doing um with this and then uh we will we we will start then doing our actual concept of our podcast which uh which um danny danny can tell everybody now so yeah, our um, podcast is a movie podcast that bridges the cinema nostalgia of the golden age of Hollywood with the explosive modernity of contemporary cinema. So guess who's doing what? <laughs> yes, yeah, so um, I will I'll, be doing. I'll... You carry on. Yeah, I will be talking about um, golden age of Hollywood, and Nick will be talking about explosive Hollywood of of today. Well, I mean, it's, it's it's not all, all explosions, but. Uh... But I we'll, didn't say we'll, explosion. We'll get to that. So I, yeah. <laughs> we'll get we'll, we'll 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 get to that. Um. So like I said, today we're going to talk about three recent films. Um, uh, nineteen seventeen. Um, directed by Sam Mendes. Parasite, directed by Bong Joon Ho, and Portrait of a Lady on Fire, directed by Celine Sciamma. I just completely butchered that. I think. Um, uh, I think she's is she, is she Italian because that sounds Italian. French, she's French. I know. I mean, I know she's French, but she might have some Italian blood because that oh, is yeah, not so a French Italian. name. That's what I meant. And yeah, I yeah. think it's Shama. Shama. And it's something like that. So be- uh, between the two of us, we've we've got it correct. <laughs> um, um, so before before we we do we do th- we talk about those three. Um, I just want to do a, a little bit of what we've been watching recently. Um, if anything of note, and you kind of want to, you know, get that out there for everybody. So, so Danny, um, what have you been watching recently? Hi, Nick. So, what I've been watching recently was, um, yeah, 1917, uh, which I really liked. I think we should start with that one because that one was uh, the one we had sort of conflicting opinions on. Um, I remember you you saw it before me, and you said that there wasn't much of a story to it, and I went in thinking, okay, I'm just going to admire Roger Deakins' cinematography and probably a bit of the uh, Sam Mendes' directions, who has always been good, um, but I might not get anything else out of it. Uh, and I was actually surprised because I really, really enjoyed it. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Um, I thought they had quite a lot, quite a bit of a story to it, to be fair. But I've always been quite a bit of a sucker for like history and historical films in general, um, regardless whether they were just period dramas or war films. So I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. So this is yeah. This is this will be a bit a bit of an odd one because like. I so I, I it's really hard for me to kind of get started with this without 
so you so you say that my so when i when i saw it actually i'll, I'll start again so when i saw it initially um back in uh january um i i will admit i was hyped for it i was really looking forward to watching it i um i'll admit i i've i'm a little bit of a fan of, of sam mendes i mean i'm kind of happy he's got away from the bond films a little bit and you know to try something new and when i heard about this whole one shot war film world war one film i was like oh this this sounds interesting um and then and then i heard roger deakins was going to be involved and that's when the hype levels for me personally was like this is going to be really really good yeah um yeah the issues that i have with it i'm trying to skirt around from spoilers um because there may be some listeners that that haven't seen it um (laughs) i mean if you read a history lesson ever you know what happens <laughs> well not, yeah so not... you, yeah if, if if you know anything you know what happens in 1917 in world war one um, <laughs> so, um yeah so like the issues i have with the film are that i didn't find the story gripping um the issue <laughs> the main issue i had with the film is that when watching a film about world war one I shouldn't feel a sense of this is what the camera's doing. This um I, I was constantly distracted by what the camera was doing. And I felt that this was obviously not the cam the intention of Mendes and, and Deakings because the whole point of having the one shot for them was to like to immerse the viewer into the film. And this is not something that I felt. I did not feel immersed. I, I was constantly thinking how did they get that camera to do that? How did they get their camera to do this? And I felt like they were stunting themselves by by use by going for that one shot one shot thing for effect. When if you compare it to a film like the opening sequence of Saving Private Ryan, the opening the opening D Day landings there, like Spielberg pulls out all the filmmaking tricks to get your to get the viewer immersed and never once viewing that was did i feel that oh my god you know what how did the camera do that how you know how did he get that sound to do that that was not whereas 1917 i felt that way and the cinematography as well was too beautiful for a world war one film some of the paint bit the some of the frames um one of a, a burning church in particular you could stick that on a wall as a poster and it would look beautiful and that's not something that i feel should be present in a film about world war one um, um yeah go you, you, you know yeah okay uh i i i'm with you um however so there's a couple of things that i was thinking uh when i do you think you would have um felt the same way about the camera had you not known had it not been hyped had it not been told in the press or yeah whatever media uh that this is going to be a long shot and not i mean not with without edits and one trick oh i mean if i if i went in blind i would have figured it out within the first minute minute and a half that the camera hadn't cut when when you have a camera that when you have a shot that doesn't doesn't cut it is it becomes obvious after a certain period of time yeah i know that you yeah 
My question so, was, would you have still felt that you weren't Im Imas? Personally, yes. Do you think? Okay. Yeah, yes, yes. Okay, um, interesting. Like, there, yeah, I mean, there are films that there are... Say, for example, watching uh, a Cryon film, Alfonso Cryon film, like, you know, like watching Children of Men, for example, that has long shot sequences in it, but... Like when he does his one shot, you become aware of it because it happens. Like when the first time I saw Children of Men, like you know the the yeah. attack in the car, for example, like yeah, that I car sequence is that really good. It's really really good, but you become aware that the camera hasn't cut. You know, if you yeah. I, do, I wasn't expecting that to happen, but you become aware that the camera hasn't cut, and it becomes it makes you more like aware of that. Um, yeah, um, I thought so there's a few things i thought before going in um i knew about the one one take trick i knew there was it, it was not possible to film it in one take and i knew there was like hidden cuts and i was actually trying to find those cuts as i was watching so i thought okay oh, there were there were several thousand hidden cuts like i know i, I, I know lost... I lost count to, to a point. The thing is, I thought, okay, so there's not much of a story. Maybe I'll just focus on, on, on see if I can find the cuts. And I found myself quite immersed in the story um, and forgetting about the cuts, forgetting about that it was just one tracking shot or, well, was supposed to look like one tracking shot anyway. Um, and I actually, I, was, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was going to be just one of those, oh, yeah, a copy of Saving Private Ryan where he has to find the brother who, like, the last brother that survived or whatnot. Um, because this, this uh, plot looked quite similar to that thing where, yeah, find your brother because, um, whatever. Um, although it, it was quite a bit more dramatic this time because, you, hope, you know, you have to sort of make sure that, thousands of men don't die needlessly and don't fall into a trap um but yeah i just i really really enjoyed it i enjoyed the acting i enjoyed i thought it was very well done and very well written and the cinematography was beautiful but at the same time if you look at dunkirk that was beautiful cinematography as well and i quite enjoyed that film as well and should you, I mean, you can say that. Sorry, there's, sorry there's... you're break, break, breaking up there. Sorry. No, I, I stopped talking. That's why. Um, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think it has to, it has to be a rule that, or oh, a 1970 a film about the First World War can't look pretty. I mean, if you look at, if you, if you read all the poetry that was, that came out of that war because there was lots of poets on on the front and they they wrote beautiful poetry so there might be a there might be the something in there where you can just say well yeah people die and it's the war but you know they go to they there's there's humanity and beauty and, and beauty everywhere and i thought that was that was really nice i just really i liked i liked it all and especially that scene after after the uh how do i not spoil this when he meets the girl yeah 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 i know the sequence you mean no, that yeah. was quite nice 
it was a bit of humanity in the midst of chaos. Um, and I don't know, I was just, I was on the edge of my seat. I, and I really liked the un, unexpected cameos, which I will not divulge. Um, unless everyone knows, but I will not say. But I, I was very surprised to find a couple of actors that I didn't expect to see on screen. Which I mean, are... I, I was like, I was like, oh, of course he's in it. Oh yeah, there he is. Oh, that's him. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I um, it wasn't like it wasn't. So, no, they were they were nice to see, but it was like, oh, of course he's in it. You know, and and the you know, I I thought it was a good homage to all those people who perished in and on the psalm and on on all those battles that were just a expression of someone's greed and someone's arrogance because if you if you read the history books general haig just sent all those young people young men to to die without thinking what he was sending them to and thinking that okay yeah, if yeah, we I mean, walk slowly i mean there was no strategy to, to this war not from this part of the english anyway which was a no, shame I mean, it, it is the it is the the, the thing from Blackadder where he turns yeah, around exactly, and says, you know, exactly. we're, we're, we're fighting this war to get the general's um, whiskey cabinet three feet closer to Berlin. Like, yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah, my favourite, I think my, my favourite uh, quote from Blackadder is that we've been here since, I don't know, Christmas 1914 and we haven't advanced further than a asthmatic um, ant with some heavy shopping. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I I I thought that was that was really good. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought people who'd been in that war might have appreciated it too. I think it's I think it I think it is respectful. Yes. Um I I just I'm not saying it's I, the best film I was, of the year. I wasn't yeah. I wasn't affected by the film like I was with um, I don't know, like, if we, yeah, Dunk. If we go with the most recent example of a war film from a British British director, well, British American director, you know, it, it can you can compare it to Dunkirk, and I felt I was more blown away by Dunkirk than I was by 1917. Um, and yeah, I agree. I mean, Dunkirk is probably better uh, overall, but I'm not. I'm I'm not saying that this. I'm just really saying that I really enjoyed it as well. It was, it was a good homage to to all those people who died, and it was it was good exercise in cinematography, directing, um, and narrative and acting. So I don't I don't think there's, I I would I know I understand you probably had different expectations, but I think that's another thing that you go into the cinema, and you have these expectations, and I think mine were quite low set because I had talked to you. Uh, so I was surprised to find that I really enjoyed it when I didn't expect to enjoy it, and maybe you wanted mm. you ex had expected to enjoy it more and you didn't. I mean, there's there's a lesson to be learnt there, which is never ever listen to what I say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Okay. Okay. Um. So if we if I, it's do a like, it's just do a random rating. So. 
say you've got a star system and you've got five stars, you've got a maximum five stars to give this, what would you give 1917? 3.4. Well, that's really interesting because when I've rated this on Letterboxd, I rated it 3.5. what? <laughs> I rated it 3.5 on Letterboxd. <laughs> And you're, well, and you're more posi- you're more positive than me, but you've given it a less score. So, yeah, but you, I mean, the, the way you described it to me, it, it sounded like it was well, it was quite a disappointing film. A disappointing it was. I mean, film I... would, would be about less than three stars. But I, I think I'm giving it three point five because I think if I was to give it less than three point five, I wouldn't be giving. I would be slating it for things that it doesn't for for things that it doesn't deserve. I mean, the fact that I think I rate it so high, it, as high as that, is because purely because of the cinematography. And I I I could I struggle to give a Roger Deakins film he's less an than three stars. He's, less than three he's stars. The, he's he's a genius. Yeah, and I I kind of have this internal monologue in my head about where I rate certain films and what I would rate a four star film and a five star film. So I mean we'll okay. we'll, we'll we'll get onto that. We'll get onto that uh, uh, another point I'd imagine. Um sure. so that's nineteen seventeen. So I mean, despite the fact that I've rated it higher than, than Danny, I would say, yeah, go <laughs> see it if it's still in the cinema. I mean Danny you'd say go see it at the cinema. Yeah, definitely I think it's definitely worth seeing in cinema. Um because I mean it's best the best thing about it is uh, the cinematography, and you have to watch it in, in as a wide a screen as possible. Um, yeah, de- so definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely uh, to be seen in cinema. Cool. Should we move on to um, Parasite? Yes. Um, so I was really lucky to see this movie last year um, at a pre-screening back in like october november and um i was remind also remind us again luck- how that happened it just happened it was no it wasn't a pre-screening i got a screener through so one of my old jobs i I still get screeners through every now and then so oh, uh, this cool. was one of them so yeah um i was really lucky enough to see parasite and i basically kept quiet because i didn't want to overhype it too much to all my friends um and when i finally got around to to watching it again in in february beginning of this month um sort of a q a event at the, at the watershed in bristol and yeah it it is at the moment it, it is the best film of the year by far um and it is so prescient is that the right word um it it is it is a perfect film for the the era that we're living in and bong jung ho is a bit of filmmaker i've been a fan of for, for a long long time um ever since i watched the host when i was like 16 i've been watching his films and been a big fan of his and it's seeing parasite get the attention that it's gotten 
and surprisingly the Oscar wins that it got um, <laughs> I couldn't think of a more deserving film director than Bong Joon-ho uh, for once the artist won in my opinion um, he has a very distinct style and a very distinct voice and to see it finally get recognised in the West yeah. um, at a large such a, such a large scale as this as well because I mean, we're we're talking about the fact that my parents know what Parasite is, and if you go and ask them, "Oh, did you watch, you know, The Host or Okja or you know, even even some of the other really high-profile South Korean films like The Handmaiden," they wouldn't have a clue. But my parents know about Parasite because of purely because of the, the attention that it's gotten, and that's such an accomplishment, and it deserves it. Um, it contains a masterful performance from Song Kang-ho, but also from everybody involved. Um, the girl that plays the the daughter... Oh, she was the, brilliant. ...of the Kim family. Uh, Kim family? Yeah, Kim family. Um, the, yeah, the... I, I got... I do have this. Uh, is it the I don't family? know their names, I'm afraid. But, yeah, uh, so yeah. The, yeah, you know the one I'm talking about, the sister? She, she was... She stole the show, um... Yeah, and I you could write and write and write and write about all the little things about this film. Yeah, and I think you win uh, another view of it and another sort of layer of of the whole metaphor. It's it's a metaphor. Um, every time you watch it, um, and it's just it's it's the gift gift that keeps on keeps on giving. I think, just like that rock. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that 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 rock was. It's it's so metaphorical. Um, you know, yeah, it, it is. That's why I'm like, it's a metaphor. It's metaphorical. Everything is metaphorical in this yeah. film, and it is such a beautiful multi-layered metaphor that it just it it makes you laugh. It makes you cringe. It makes you cry. It makes you. It makes you sort of recoil quite a few times. Um, it makes you. It makes you jump. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. The, speaking of cinematography, it was it was really really great as well. That house is just brilliant. Um, yeah. How, I have, um, no... how um? So I mean, you you say about all these different emotions while feeling while you feel while watching it, that is kind of symptomatic of. That's very. Uh, you know, it's typical of Bong Joon Ho as a director. He plays with tonal shifts so much, um, and some films he kind of gets it a little bit wrong, or like it's too jarring. So Okja, for example, is is very very jarring, um, and whereas Snowpiercer does it in a bit more of a new nuanced way, Parasite mm. does it very very well as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with this kind of tonal shift, or whether you found it unusual or what i don't I, i'm really curious to know what your your thoughts are um, on, on that i thought it was it made me think a bit of martin mcdonough at times because he does that he does that shift where you're like laughing one minute and just being shaken to your very core the next and uh, i remember there was a couple of scenes in uh, through billboards that I was like, whoa, what's going on? You're laughing one minute and then you were like crying the next. Uh, and you're like 
broken hearted, literally. Um, I'd not seen, I think I've seen, I've seen The Handmaiden. It's directed by the same, um, No, ha- The Handmaiden is directed by Park Chan-wook, another South Korean oh, director. yes. Okay, sorry. Um, so yeah, the, 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 he directed, he, he directed Old Boy, which is probably the one you're familiar with. No, I've not seen Maybe. Old Boy. Oh, add that to the list. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, so yeah, it was yeah, it was jarring, but I um, it's one of those things that I really really like, like the really dark comedy, and satire, and um, I really really enjoyed it. Um, I wasn't sure if I exp- I don't think I had expected it to this extent, uh, but I was expected I had expected to be surprised um, by reading because I think I read a couple of lines of, of reviews here and there but no spoilers of course so I was very happy when because um, I saw this in Lund and um, I realised that I couldn't speak Korean and I can't read Swedish subtitles so I had to wait for the English subtitles version to come along which did <laughs> so yeah to, ask, to answer your question I'd really um, um I was surprised, but I really enjoyed it because I, I I like dark comedy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it 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 is one of the darkest of dark comedies. Um. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't really. I mean, I think with, I think for me, it is a definite recommendation. Go see this film. Um, go see it twice. I think. Um, show it. Um, show I it to your friends. Show it to your family. Make grandma and granddad watch it. You know, just get everybody to watch Parasite. Yeah, in my view. I, I think it's 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 a success in itself that he it managed to win Best Picture Oscar. Um, oh, I was thinking that's a debate of, for another time. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, obviously, but I mean, it is it is it has become as as famous as that, and I think. It, people have seen it since um, quite a lot as well, and it and also it's not one of those films that you go see and you don't really understand and you have to watch again. It's not as pretentious as that, uh, so you can actually show it to your grandmother, show it to whoever you want, and they will still get get it. And I think that's the beauty of it, the beauty of the whole metaphor. Is oh, that yeah, it's, it, it's it's definitely a story that is applicable to to the UK, it's yeah. applicable to France, it's applicable to yeah. South yeah. Korea, USA. It, it's, it, yeah, it's universal. It may take place in South Korea, but it's definitely got themes. It's definitely got everything that you would ex- would you 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 wouldn't be lost. It's not it's not going into South Korean politics or anything like that. It's going it's touching on a very very universal theme. And like I said earlier, it's it's something that. I mean, you could talk about forever with the the difference between rich and poor and and where the film ends up. I mean, that that's like I said, that's that's another conversation for another time. Um, so I don't know if you got anything more to say on Parasite. Um, no, I think no, I think I think uh, I think that's fine. That's so yeah. out of my, out of yeah, five. Uh, sorry. Out of, oh, out of five, out what of do you five. give it? Five. And that's, um, yeah, it's a five-star film for me as well. Yeah. 
it's hard to it's actually it's hard to find flaws with it um and a friend of mine actually found one um and i wonder well it's it's a spoiler so actually i'm not gonna i'm, I'm not gonna we, we'll talk about it some other time yeah t- tell, <laughs> tell me off mike tell, tell me i'll tell off, i'll tell you off mike <laughs> uh so um, yeah i i still i still think it, it fitted everything it fitted perfectly like a perfect puzzle Okay, hey, so now on to Portrait de la Jeune Philophon. Please don't say it. Please don't. Please don't. Stop butchering the French language. Good. I thought my French was quite good. Um, no. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Uh, Celine Sciamma, Sciamma, how, however um, yeah. it's pronounced. Um, yeah, you, 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 you go, go ahead. I'll go ahead on this one. So I watched this one on the International Women's Day, of course, because why not? Uh, at the BFI, it was. It's uh, this is the freshest film in my memory right now because I've watched it on Sunday. I really, really loved it. Um, I loved the direction. I loved the music. Um, the cinematography was brilliant. It was very romantic, um, but not soapy. It was a very, I sensitive and sensible as well um and yeah and also of uh, it was it was it was also quite quite of of actual um it was it was it was it's modern despite it being set in 18th century france um which i found it quite strange because I don't know how many women painters were there in France in the 18th century. Um, but I, yeah, I, I really, really loved it. Uh, it deals with the female gaze, which is a rare topic, I think, in in um, cinema in general. So I, I thought that was quite daring of um, Céline Sciamma. Um, but yeah, I really like it. Um, it basically deals with. I mean, it's my first film. I know I've, I should have seen Girlhood a long time ago, but I've not seen it. Have you seen it? Um, it which I is a, by her a, as well. A, a admission to make. I got ten minutes into it and I turned it off because I found it quite grating. So I'm, I think I grating? need to try again. With yeah, I you no, no, I, I I think I was in the wrong frame of mind when I saw it. So yeah, um, I think I need to um, need to give it another go. It's one of those things, though, because um, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know about you, but some people would go like, "Well, it's it's a it's it's a film directed by a woman, so I don't really." It's a film about women, uh, female gaze. Uh, what's in it for me? There's nothing that I would like or appreciate, so I I would just avoid seeing it. Um, but I thought it I, I thought it had everything. It had something in it for everyone if you sort of pay attention carefully. Uh, you could definitely learn something from it because there's not many films that deal with the female point of view i'm not going to spoil anything from uh, because there's yeah there's quite a few scenes that are quite interesting interesting interestingly lit and um in terms of like point of view but i yeah i i, I really loved it um it made me at times it made me think uh, a bit of call me by your name it had the same sort of intensity of feeling but in a different way um what did you think 
Um, I mean, I could just give a one-word answer, really, and that would just be fire. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I, well, just fire. Um, this, so, this film is... I'm trying to think of the best way. So, I'm not going to spoil anything, but the final shot, um, I forgot to breathe. Um... <laughs> So I, I, know. I, I'm. I was so taken with the film and with the performances. Um, so the the actresses, uh, Naomi Melon and Adele Hanel. Um, I think that's how you pronounce their names. Mm-hmm. Um, they, their performances are just breathtaking and when i say breathtaking i literally mean breathtaking because the last shot of the film i i think i i legitimately forgot how when to breathe because i was so in that moment and that's the best way to describe for me portrait of a lady on fire is that it's so many moments together that kind of just they bring you in and it is so well it's so well done and yeah you are drawn into this relationship and drawn into these the life the life lies this this life lies between these two women and you cannot look away and yeah the the there's use of uh, use of the idea of painting and the idea of looking which is what you what you touch on the, the female gaze is not something that's it's not something that i feel is given enough attention at all like yeah, there, there should be more hasn't... female directors doing w- films about women that get as much exposure as a portrait of a lady on fire um and it just doesn't happen and yeah this, this it... film is 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 utterly stunning utterly uh, stunning it... Yeah, the female gaze doesn't get explored much, and it should because, as this film proves, there's a lot that women see that is that some people can't bear to look at, um, and you will know what I mean. Yes, <laughs> it's also uh, it's also really interesting that as well that it doesn't do. It, it, I mean, this is obviously the benefits of having a director that is a woman, and also benefits a director that isn't an utter creep, is that. It doesn't do what Blue is the Warmest Colour did, which is another film, a French film about a, a lesbian relationship. And that film goes way too far the other way and is so much about the male gaze and so much about what women, what he thinks women think and in their yeah. relationship. And this just does not do that. And it's it's so much better for it. And yeah. in 2019, 2020, this is the film that, it does that kind of story deserves um absolutely absolutely and i think it, it, there's a lot to be said about the silences in the film i noticed that there's there's a lot of cause the dialogue is is quite scarce i don't know if you've noticed that but there's a lot of times and a lot of long pauses in which there's a lot said but not with words and i thought that was that was so brilliant how they captured that uh, both the director, the cinematographer, and the the latest performances. It was just breathtaking, like you said. Yeah, I mean, you, the, 
it is yeah i i i would i would say that this is if it wasn't for parasite this is the best film of the year that came out in the uk and i think if i was to do my top 10 list this would be joint first at the moment and i think on rewatch yeah it may even surpass it it is utterly stunning and um yeah it, it is yeah fire basically yeah it is fire it's just brilliant and yeah i'm glad it, i'm glad this film got made and i'm glad it exists and i can't wait to see it again so definitely go see it um absolutely another uh, quick note from me which i found again interesting which i think ties in a lot with with the silences in the film that are very poignant is the fact that the two uh, protagonists they never stop talking to each other in a very polite way in fr- in in the french language you has two forms so it's the two as in you in in the informal way and vous which is the formal way of addressing one another they never stop addressing one another in a very formal way even though they they definitely have feelings for one another even at the end so it's just so brilliantly done yeah yeah definitely (laughs) yeah i i I said I, i i was left utterly speechless by this film and um i will need at least another couple of watches to kind of formulate some actual academic and actual (laughs) constructive thoughts on the film because i was so taken away with it cool so out of Um, five i mean five (laughs) Five. i guess i guess no i think five five point five yeah 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 if yeah Um, six out of five Six out, six out of five. So we've we've <laughs> so we've gone through those three, and we actually do have a bit of time um, left to spare. Um, we're kind of aiming for like an hour, uh, an episode. So we actually do have a little bit of time to spare. Um, so I I wanted to us to just talk a little bit about um, like other films that we've seen recently that we want to give a little bit of exposure to or stuff that you've kind of caught up on that kind of thing so um Um, yeah if you have anything you wanted to kind of go with um actually uh, i do i watch speaking i mean you might you might disagree you might have you seen bombshell uh no i haven't well um it was, is that it was the is that the movie about the Fox Me Too movement? From it is, it is. Oh. So basically, uh, on a on last Friday night, I went to see my friend, and we just did a bit of so- sofa surfing, and we found this film on line, and um, we watched it, um, and I was surprised by, I mean, I don't know if I was, I mean, it's not a brilliant film, it's no portrait of a lady on fire if we if we talk about feminism and if we talk about female sensibilities but it's definitely worth watching um as as a as a male to see what women put up with um yeah and there's a lot of there's a lot of um makeup and prosthetics involved that i didn't even recognize uh, charlie steron for the first five minutes 
So it was one of those things like, um, what, what am I watching? What am I looking at? And it was her, but she was so made up in, to such an extent that she was unrecognizable. Uh, this isn't to say that she didn't, she didn't act well. She acted really, really well. She did a really good job. Um, I would probably give it a three. Cool. 2.5, let's say 2.5. But yeah, I would, I mean, if you have nothing better just to do one night, just watch it. Okay. Um, any other films that you've seen recently? Yeah, so I mean, I've got like, I got four that I kind of want to give a mention to and have a, look, a couple of lines with. Um, okay. So the first one, um, so two of them are actually female directors and cast or what have you so it's quite interesting we're kind of sticking with this and uh, the first one is uh birds of prey um brackets and the fantabulous emancipation of one harley quinn um i had a lot of fun with this movie um i think it's very colorful the fight scenes in it are fantastic we were talked about the female gaze with portrait of a lady on fire it's really interesting to see the female gaze in a superhero movie or in a, mo a movie set in a comic book universe um, especially seen as we've seen Harley Quinn uh, played by Margot Robbie in the Suicide Squad film where she's filmed in a different manner she's very sexualized in a different manner like her costume for example in Suicide Squad is very much like what a male would want a female supervillain to look like and whereas in Birds of Prey she actually looks as though she's wearing stuff that she wants to wear and looks comfortable um, so that's Birds of Prey, it's a very, very fun movie. I had a lot of fun with it. It's definitely, definitely better than Suicide Squad. Well, that's not really saying much, but in terms <laughs> of how DC movies are, it is definitely showing that DC are doing something interesting. And it's such a shame that for a movie that costs $90 million, it's only it only made 30 to $40 million. It is such a shame because it deserves to be seen by more. It's a, it's a lot better than the box office receipts does it justice so i really like i said i had a lot of fun birds of prey um so yeah, I, I i i my letterbox i gave that a four star film which okay. kind of sticks it alongside um shazam and uh last year's captain marvel as uh not last year year before captain marvel was like four star superhero films um so the other one a couple of others i've got um Another female-directed film, uh, The Lure, um, which is... I'm not even going to attempt the female, the director's name. But it's a Polish film that came out in 2015, and it's about uh, two sisters who are mermaids, who one of them eats men, and they get <laughs> hired for a nightclub to perform as strippers slash singers and it's also a musical set in 1980s poland wow um it is utterly phenomenal um the, the description that i given doesn't even give justice to how bat bat crazy it is it is so so good um i found the songs really catchy which is obviously the first thing you need in a musical is for the songs to be good um, the visuals are really, really good. There is some really interesting stuff in there to do with sexuality and sisterhood. I've put it down on a list for films that, for, for potential 
films to talk about in the future um okay. yeah so the law is a definite recommend i give that again four stars i if you catch it it's on the criterion uh criterion did a release of it and it is perfectly deserving of that criterion release cool um so two more <laughs> i promise i've only got two more and i've got um, one more um you 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 go next then you go next no no i'll go last okay um <laughs> so uh i'll save this i'll say i'll save the best for last best for last okay so um another film i saw which was a, a film that came out in 2016 is jim jarmusch's patterson um yeah, starring adam list. driver I love starring adam, adam driver. driver um as a bus driver who's also a poet and it's a very small scale film it's got very very it's it's a it's such a nice film and it's also hilarious in many many ways and has the best performance by a dog in a long time um <laughs> since cute. since since hooch in turner and hooch it has the best performance from a dog since hooch um yeah I, I really recommend patterson it's it's a really nice film and uh yeah it, it's it's not often you see a film where you're like such small stakes there's not really any stakes in it it's just a nice film to watch and it's all about creativity and artistry and the the process of creativity where being a poet or being a writer isn't seen as a burden isn't seen as a curse because you see so many films about like creating works of art where it's like oh i'm an artist i'm a writer and I drink because I write as block, you know, you, you think about the, the, you know, Jack Torrance in The Shining, you know, he doesn't get any writing yeah. films, he spends half his time drinking and trying to murder his family. <laughs> and it's all about, you know, him as a writer struggling with that. So it's nice to see that portrayed in a different light. Um, I I mean, it's my fourth Jarmusch film and, and, and very much looking forward to go, go further and into his, his filmography. Um, so that's a four stars again. And another film that's four stars, and this is my last one, it's a, a recent film, so 2020 release, is, I'm going to get ready to say it, The Nicolas Cage Starring Colour Out of Space. Um, Richard Stanley... I repeat, is... I repeat. Richard Stanley um, adapt, adapt, uh, coming back from his time in directorial jail, really, ever since his doomed production of the island of dr moreau starring marlon brando and val kilmer if you want to watch a documentary about that film falling apart watch that documentary it is honestly insane uh, what he went through so he came back uh, a couple of years ago um saying that he's going to direct a lovecraft adaptation called the color out of space and lovecraft is so hard to ad adapt because it's all about the unseen it's about horrors that the mind cannot handle i don't know if you're very if you're familiar with any lovecraft no so um like they there's one of his stories literally has a writer where he talks about it and he goes insane whilst talking about it because he can't handle what he's what he's processing his mind cannot handle it so very much lovecraft is like leaves the imagery to what your mind can do so the most craziest stuff that your mind can do that's what a lovecraft is basically is um he's also insanely racist um but we'll just kind of ignore that a little bit <laughs> um 
but color out of space so color out of space um it's about this asteroid that kind of hits this family who is out in the middle of nowhere um and things start to go wrong and at one at one point it's in the trailer so at one point nicholas cage just turns around and goes goes and everything just blew up um which kind of sums up the film because it, it doesn't blow up in a in a you know explosion way it's like it gets crazier and crazier in terms of the visuals the color um is an actual color so it's a color that you you it's really hard to explain so the whole thing about color out of space is that it's a color that infects the minds and the lifestyle life of this family and it's a color that you can only really describe as a color that's come out of space it's not anything that a human's eye has seen and the film does very very well in portraying that um it has some next level gore that i honestly couldn't believe belonged in a 15 because this is a 15 um it is there's some elements in it which come from the thing i think it does a very it would do a very good job of being a double bill with alex garland annihilation that came out a few years ago um and it also contains nicholas cage doing something different to what he usually does in that it's just him showing the first signs of age and and being responsible as an aging adult if that makes any sense he has a gr- some great line readings in it and it is a really 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 good horror horror slash sci-fi film um and it has got some great visuals and i thoroughly recommend it because i don't think you'll see a film like it this year so color out of space hp lovecraft adaptation that's actually done well um which is you know i mean the only other good one really is reanimator uh, which came out in the 80s and yeah i recommend go see color out of space be prepared it is a horror film but it's a very very good horror film um i gave it four stars definite recommend um, all four of my films are recommendations because why rec- why talk about a film that you hate really let's go for some positivity go of for course. some pos- i mean i could talk about a film that i saw recently and i hated which was electra but let's not talk about that um yeah this what's um what was your what was your what was your film so uh last night i went to see a documentary about um uh, buster Keaton called the great buster uh it was uh directed and narrated by uh peter bogdanovich who was friends with buster Keaton. uh and it had a cast of people including johnny knoxville um, Dick Cavett, Mel Brooks, uh, Werner Herzog, Bill Hader, Richard Lewis, um, Quentin Tarantino, Sybil Shepherd. Um, a lot of a lot of people came just came forward and just expressed how much they loved, admired, and were inspired in their work by Buster Keaton. Um, it's a really really well made documentary. Uh, very accurate. I can vouch for it because I knew about everything that was discussed in the in the film um it also has some archive footage of orson wells talking about how great buster keaton was and how he how much he loved him um and i would definitely recommend even if you're not a big fan of buster keaton definitely um entertaining to watch and you discover a few things about filmmakers that you didn't you might 
appreciate and, and love and see where they find their inspiration. Um, and an interesting thing about this documentary is that it doesn't actually end with the ending. It goes at the end and then it comes back to the beginning where it sort of dissects um, Buster Keaton's best films. Instead of ending where he died and uh, whatnot, he ends where on, on a high note, basically, by discussing his favorite, his, the best films he, he did in, in the 1920s. So for that, I, I, yeah, it's really good. Four out of five. Cool. Yep. Cool. That's it for me. That's that's so right. Um, so like I said, we're this is like I said, an, a, a a a kind of a preview, really, uh, a test. So um, if uh, if you have any comments at all, um, please don't get. Please don't hesitate to get in contact with with one of us. I'm available on Twitter at um, Nick S Chandler. You can find me on Letterboxd. Um, if you just search my name, Nicholas uh, Chandler, you'll find me on Letterboxd. Um, and I'm on Twitter at Kino Joe. And you find my website um, superatomovision.com. Cool. Cool. Um, so yeah. So that's uh, so next time we will be discussing. Um, our actual, actual, actual podcast, um, which uh, we're talking about, uh, Jackass the movie, and two Buster Keaton films, The Playhouse and Sherlock Jr. So I uh, hope you all tune in for that one. So cool. it's um, goodbye from me. Thanks for thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Well, you can hear us next time. <laughs> hear us next time. <laughs> Thank you all. Bye. Thanks, bye.